0: Welcome to Just Ask Rethinking Development Podcast. I am Brian Wilburn, your co-host here with my co-host, Greg Jeffrey, founder of Catholic Development Group. I am excited. Greg is going to be talking today about Catholic school endowments, getting started. Take it away, Greg. All right. Okay. You know, I seem to be getting a lot of uh, calls in the last couple of years from
1: Catholic schools that want to create or grow endowments. What? Yeah, I know. Imagine that. So um, just so that everybody's on the same page quickly, uh, an endowment is essentially a pool of money, a pool of dollars where the principal remains intact, but it's the earnings every year that you use for some good thing in the school, right? It could right. be for scholarships. It could be for some sort of tuition assistance. It could be for Faculty endowment. You know, it could be a faculty enhancement fund. It could be the the money that the thing generates could be used for a whole host of things, right? But endowment, essentially, when we're talking about endowment, we're talking about um, a pool of principal that that we don't touch. We just use the earnings. But now, if you think about it, um, in order to have any kind of impact, that endowment has to be absolutely huge because. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that your endowment is uh, is a million dollars. Sounds uh, big. That sounds big. But um, as a kind of a general rule of thumb, if you can get a 4% return that you can actually use for some good purpose at the school, and then maybe a little bit higher return that then goes back into the principal to offset the effects of inflation, well, 4% of usable revenue off of a million dollars is $40,000. So forty thousand um, dollars, you know, yeah. these days doesn't go very far if you're trying to do tuition assistance. You know, if if tuition is now fifteen thousand and you've got forty grand to spend, yeah, how many how many children can you actually right. help? And so, because the numbers have to be so huge as far as building the endowment, um, many years ago, I I made the assumption. That the dollars that we needed to go after in order to build that endowment had to be absolutely huge, and so what I was looking for back in the day was essentially the needle in a haystack, right? Mm-hmm. I was looking for, uh, for example, for um, um, the woman that had never married, had no children, and no heirs, and, and oh, okay, you're right, the unicorn. She, yeah, I was looking for the unicorns, right? And so I was, I was overstepping. Um, a lot of good possibilities, hoping to find lots and lots of uh, rare cases that eventually years in the future might come to pass. But just um, within the last uh, couple of years, I've had really, really good luck with one of my clients in taking a different approach to creating and growing an endowment. Now, they already had, this is a Catholic high school I'm speaking of now, and they already had an endowment when I came on board. Um, but it was a modest endowment of a few million dollars. Um, but with tuition now at $20,000, you can imagine the need yeah, for tuition assistance. That endowment needs to be absolutely massive. So um, th- the success that we've had is rather than look for those rarities of people that that have the capacity or the willingness that they don't have any heirs, and so they're going to... Few and far between. Few and far between, right? Um, or Or all the different kinds of specialized plan gifts that you can get into, um, we took a little bit different approach. And um, today now, they have 69 named family endowments. And that number has almost doubled in just the last 18 months. So it's been a very popular program. So what does that program look like? That's what I wanted to share with the listeners. Yeah. Because this is the kind of program that I think any Catholic high school, any Catholic elementary school, or any parish, for that matter, could implement this program. So here's how it works. We set a bar of $25,000 in order to create a named family endowment. Okay so $25,000 that's not chum change but it's not beyond the reach of a lot of upper middle class or even middle middle class people right so you have so we, so I would sit down I would say Brian um, I know you'd like to start a scholarship on behalf of your mom and dad in your mom and dad's name in honor of your mother and father and for the low low price of $25,000 funded over x period of months or years we can get that endowment set up. So here's how it works. Um, If you could give me some sense as to how long it might take in order to to reach that threshold, we can put together an agreement. And in this agreement, it'll say that um, you plan to make X payments for Mm -hmm. X number of years. And once you hit the $25,000, then your gifts that you've been giving that have been sitting kind of in a a liquidity account, for lack of a better word, those dollars are then taken out of that liquid account and put into a special fund that is actually in doubt, where we, we promise not to, to touch the principal. But be sure to give us a date certain that you feel you can hit that that threshold, because if that threshold comes and goes... You're not, and you're not able to hit the $25,000, then we have the option at our discretion of simply taking those dollars and using them where the needs are greatest. Hmm. So now, why do we do it that way? Because is, there's a certain amount of bookkeeping in th- th- that's entailed when you're creating these sorts of scholarships. And some of the schools I worked with way, way back, like in the 80s, you know, somebody would send in a check for a thousand bucks, and they wanted to go into the endowment. Well, they didn't know what an endowment was; they mm-hmm. just wanted it to be used for the school. But the development director took them out the word, and they created the John Doe Scholarship for oh, no. a <laughs> thousand bucks. Right? And here we are, thirty years later, and all the endowment is up to like twenty five hundred.
0: all right.
1: Meanwhile, we've got to do all the accounting and bookkeeping and, yeah, all yeah. and all of that, right? So there's a threshold, and then there's a time limit, right? And so, um, so that has worked out well because it, it it talks about the seriousness of hitting that threshold, and um, and I think it's been helpful in getting people to really start planning to hit that threshold by by such and such a date. So for some people that's three years, for some it's five, for some it might be you know seven years, depending upon. Mm. Okay, but what that allowed, but 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 what what that has allowed the school to do is now they have like I say sixty nine named endowments. And the fun part about having a scholarship with your name on it, and, and my wife Stella and I have one of these at a at a Catholic elementary school, is speaking in the first person, what happens is over time you start to feel like it's your child, right? Mm-hmm. And and you really want to see that sucker grow because you know it's sitting at fifteen or twenty thousand dollars after seven years. That's kind of pathetic, Mr. Jeffrey. Come on, get with the program, yeah. right? You know, Um, but what happens is over time, you kind of make, there's one more reason for me and my wife to make St. Michael's Elementary School a priority in our charitable giving every year. Yeah. Right? It's because our name is on something and we want to see it. We got to fund it. We got it. We want to see it grow. Or another example, my, my, um, my older brother started a scholar, a scholarship fund in, in honor of my mother and father and, um, My mom and dad don't have a lot of money, but my brother kicked in so much. I kicked in so much. And then some nieces and nephews kicked in. When my father passed away recently, all the uh, uh, memorials went to fund it. Well, now it's up over $100,000, I think, which is not chump change
0: for two people that that never went to high school. So I'm curious, Greg. My parents. Yeah, Yeah. no, I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, so the part I wanted to go back to was when you tell people we have the discretion to use that. Um, Should it not reach the threshold where it's needed most? How do people usually respond to that when you present it that way? Well, it's worded much nicer than that in a formal document. Sure. Um,
1: But I haven't had any pushback on it. If I explain it to people why that stipulation is there, and the stipulation is there because people want the school to be good stewards of their money. Being good stewards of money and time means to limit the amount of paperwork given a certain dollar value. They understand that, especially if they're, most of the people we're dealing with are pretty well off. I mean, for most of the people we're dealing with in this particular school, 25 grand, they could probably do it tomorrow if they wanted to. Yeah, well, let's just see there. Yeah, but if you explain to them why we have that stipulation, it's because we're trying to um, visit with people that are serious about it, and, and number two, minimize the amount of bookkeeping necessary and the, and the, in order for you to reach that endowment. We're looking at it as a way to make a named family endowment possible for all, for, for, for those that don't happen to be multimillionaires, right. quite frankly. And that's worked out pretty well. So collectively— Instead of getting you know one big gift of you know a million dollars, we might get twenty five thousand here, a hundred thousand there, five hundred thousand there. We've got a few of those too, a couple one twenty fives, so on and so forth. But collectively, it's grown. It's grown. Yeah, quite no, that, nicely. That starts right? to add up quick. But the main thing I wanted, the main point I wanted to get is, if you have picture two scenarios. In one scenario, you've got one donor that made an endowment gift of, say, $3 million. And in situation B, you've got 70 donors that collectively have done that same amount. But those 70 donors, some of them are in their 40s, mid-40s. They've got a long giving history to go. And when they get older and their kids who also went to the school Mm -hmm. Graduate and get jobs, they're going to give to mom's endowment and well, as well, so my point is, even though that's a modest price point to get started, I am very confident that just like my mom and dad's endowment that grew from i think twenty five thousand to a hundred thousand in five or six or seven years. I think the same thing is going to happen at this other Catholic school that I'm working with now. I think those 70 endowments that might be, you know, 25,000, 50,000, I think all of them could be well into six figures within just a few years. Yes, yeah, no, that's good. We've got 70 people now who have this particular school as one of their number one priorities in their charitable budgets. Yeah. And then also when you start talking to them about estate gifts, now there's (laughs) a reason for them to cut you in for a portion of their estate,
0: whether it's 5% or 10% or whatever. Yeah. Great strategy, Greg. And uh, I think that that is going to help people to really get those Catholic school endowments off the ground. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to rate us. Thank you.